0: That's patreon.com slash G A M E F U L L Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds.
1: Hello! Hello! Hi. Hey! Oh. Hello! Hello! God.
0: My, <laughs> my God. Yep, that's that's uh... what I like. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> that's what I like to hear.
1: Alright. Hey, when I, Hi, en- everybody. when I enter a
0: room. Hello, everyone.
1: <laughs> my name is David Bell.
0: My name is not. My name's Tom Ryman.
1: It sure is. Hi, Tom. Hey, Dave. And we we just watch. <laughs> we just watch the Forbidden Room. <laughs> dun dun dun! Can't go in there.
0: No, no, that's Can't right. Go. It's right there in the name. Why would you? Why would you do such a fool thing as to visit the Forbidden Room, Dave?
1: Hello, I'm Marv. Today we're going to discuss bad No, you can't do we that. We
0: both did because we're 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 your
1: fools. <laughs> we are your fools. Specifically, we are Stephen's fools. Stephen, our patron producer, who who said you need to watch the Forbidden Room. Thank you so much for your support. Yeah, as always.
0: Thanks. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait! I can't <laughs> wait to talk about this no, movie. No, not really. This is this is a 2015 film. Yeah. Uh it is abstract um it is not a movie this is one of those movies where like i don't know what you're gonna say about it tom but Mm -hmm. any answer is the right answer you know what i mean yeah because this movie asks a lot of us it is i would argue a sketch comedy movie. it's a sketch
0: comedy movie yeah it's, it's basically an anthology film uh, where the different vignettes uh, the characters in the vignettes will start telling a story that will then become another vignette that will then become another vignette and they double back on themselves they yeah. revisit certain key framing stories and the whole movie sort of progresses like that and kind of comes to a finale that seems like the whole thing was kind of like a riff on storytelling in general um yeah it's, it's it's real it's it's extremely surreal but there's uh it's also like made in old timey movie style like there's a lot yes. of camera in camera techniques and like uh, uh filming techniques that are from like early days of cinema
1: yeah there's rare project projection people will yeah. say a line and then they the the line will be on screen like mm-hmm. like a silent movie like pre-talky yeah 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 um it is so. The basic plot is that's <laughs> a wild thing to say. Yeah, but like the through line and the name, the Forbidden <laughs> the, Room. The
0: basic plot. There is no such thing as a basic yeah. plot to this movie. Well,
1: there is. Okay, so uh, there is a. The so it's a there's a running thread of a submarine, right? And it, their crew is trying to survive with low oxygen levels, and they're trying. They're going room to room, and every room kind of unfolds to those these stories and sub stories, right? Yeah. Um, and we end up ba- back at the sub going into the forbidden room, which is the captain's room, uh, that they find, uh, the captain incapacitated. Uh, most of the men die and there's this woodsman character who, uh, who, <laughs> who crawls in the out of the
0: bilge or something. It's, uh, he just, yeah. he just magically appears. There's a lot of that in this movie.
1: It's unclear. Yeah. And he was dealing with this, this love, I think Margot. Yeah. Or I forget. Yeah, Margo. I think she, in Hayes' world, and she's also the captain's daughter, and they like they they
0: uh, well, it's they it's the reunite at the end. There's a bomb. There's like this exploding jelly that they have that they're transporting, yes. and they can't rise above a certain. It's like it's it's like a speed situation, Dave. It's a speed sitch where right. they, they can't rise above a certain depth, or or else this explosive jelly will will explode, and the explosive jelly transforms into Margot, Dave.
1: Right, that's what happens. Mm. Okay, and then the uh, <laughs> they go through the book of climaxes, yeah. and it kind of just shows all the endings to all the sub stories, sort of. Uh, but
0: but also sort of. some of them are just like like I took it less as because there's so many of them, so there's way more. I felt like there's way more than there were actual stories, so it seemed like they were just going through like different sort of absurd cliched climaxes that they could think yeah. of. Like there's one where it's two Zeppelins crashing into each other.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the genre here is absurdist comedy. Yeah. Um, I, did you watch a lot of Monty Python? Mm-hmm. I realized watching this, like, like Monty Python's are now for something completely different in which they took all their sketches and made it a movie and they all kind of intertwined together. Um, All of those Monty Python movies, I very vividly remember the first half of, and then not the second half. And I always wondered why, and then I realized why. It's because I was always high and would fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how that goes. And that's kind of what this feels like to me, which is that, I I don't know about you, but I watched this in the fucking middle of the day. Uh, just dead sober,
0: <laughs> yep. just drinking a coffee. Yep, I threw this on at six a.m. this morning.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to watch this film. Maybe not. Yeah, and that goes Maybe all not. the way to my question, Tom. How did you like this film?
0: That's that is an interesting question, Dave. Um, <laughs> I en- <laughs> I enjoyed kind of the idea of this film, uh, and I enjoy a lot of the things that it's doing where it's sort of riffing on old uh, filmmaking techniques and kind of make the whole thing looks really cool. It looks like a, right. A, it all, it basically looks like the, the tonight tonight smashing pumpkins music video um right. all the way through. And I, I really like that aesthetic and that's cool. And like the, the humor was funny for a while, but this movie really wears out. It's welcome. After yeah, a while. So
1: I was laughing out loud in the first half mm-hmm. and then I slowly stopped. Yeah. Um, I, I want to share something with you. Uh, when I was in high school, I made a, I made a, a short. Um, well, actually, I think... Uh, so I made a movie. Okay. Um, and the movie was a series of sketches that would intertwine with each other. There were stories within stories within stories. And they were shot. it was shot in a purposefully artsy way. Did you make... I did- was trying to make it mo- a mockery. So it was kind of more like Darren Aronof- Aronofsky's pie, like that gritty black and white stuff. Which was also good for when you're making something on the cheap.
0: Okay, so did you make The Forbidden Room?
1: Kind of. Okay, That's the thing, is I kind of made this movie in high school, but I made it 50 minutes. I didn't make it like two hours, 10 minutes. (laughs) And the reason why (laughs) was because I knew that people can't handle this at such a length. That's
0: all. I mean, it was a high school movie. So really, your 50-minute high school movie is the equivalent of a two-hour film
1: yeah and i was gonna say it probably feels like two hours yeah. i'm not i'm not naming the film because i'm ashamed of it mm-hmm. um it wasn't good uh i liked all the work people did for it but you know what i'm saying where it's like it's a it's a comedy thing i made in high school oh yeah you could probably imagine the horror that yeah, is that i made
0: movie. I, I made a short in high school that's Called Jaws 2000, which is just a spoof of Jaws, but it all just takes place in the street. Like the shark is just a guy with a fin on his back running around. That sounds fun. Um, no one is ever going to see that movie,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah it's locked away. <laughs> yeah, it's locked away
0: in the Disney vault.
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my point being that, like, I I also really like this format. I have a respect for it to the point that I had done it. Uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, but but too long even the director i was looking this movie up said that the original cut was too long and he was like even for me the person who made this i was like nope can't make it this long and he cut it down still not still uh, didn't
0: cut it down enough because this this movie is a is a rotund two hours that's too long this movie needed to be about 80 minutes
1: yes it's too long for something that is um now generally disconnected
0: for by and large there's two main uh storylines there's the guys in the submarine and then a, a, a woodsman crawls out of the bilge and he's got a storyline of uh trying to get a team of what do they call them sapling sapling jacks because they're 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 aspiring lumberjacks they're not quite brawny enough to be lumberjacks yet so they're sapling jacks and his his love margo has been kidnapped and he's trying to recruit a team of other sapling jacks to walk across a frozen wasteland to rescue her from a a cave full of the villainous uh, red wolves clan and that's the other main storyline we come back to those two a lot and the rest really is just these disconnected stories that people start telling within these vignettes which yes I wanted to say each of those on their own is pretty great. Like they're, they all have the vibe. They all have the vibe of an adult swim sketch or I kept, I think you should leave even. I think you should leave. Yeah. I kept thinking of, I mean, obviously we, we texted each other and we said Tim and Eric. But Then as I was watching it, I kept thinking of like cheddar goblin and too many cooks.
1: Yeah. This is so like right away. My recommendation is like, yeah, see this when you're not, like, obligated to sit and watch the whole fucking thing. Watch it in pieces,
0: yeah, because, like, there's, even though I said the movie wears out its welcome, it's not any of the vignettes' fault, necessarily, although I did start to get kind of not a great vibe from some of the vignettes.
1: Well, that's, so, uh, yeah, I want to talk about the tone and, like, because we're we're making it out to be a really hardcore comedy, um, but it's also not quite that. Uh, which makes it interesting, uh, which wh- sorry. So which to- like, what do you mean with some of the vignettes?
0: OK, well, um, just to, to finish the thought that began, that thought was just each of the vignettes on their own, like like deserves to be seen and, and is good enough, uh, you know, to stand on its own with this sort of bizarrely uh, uh, it's totally surreal, totally absurdist uh, humor um, it's just you know after two hours of it, the ones toward the back half of the film we're just kind of like, all right, I get it, like let's go. Um, right
1: after a while, it's yeah, it's it's yeah. There's nothing wrong with those sketches. They just you're just tired. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. That's why these shows are like 22 minutes, right?
0: Yeah, it's um the the vignette where it's the the trained psychiatrist that goes into the the bone doctor that goes into the, right. the, the skeleton women abducting him. There Women's is,
1: skeletons, yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, each of those things on their own, I mean, I don't even want to, I don't know. There's parts of all three of those little sections that I did think were funny, just because there's a lot of it is just so ridiculous. It's just the silliest thing you can think of in a lot of cases. But, yeah. but in those vignettes, there's also like this this kind of simmering
1: tone of sexual violence
0: in those yeah um <laughs> and i was like i don't like this vibe
1: <laughs> well that's the thing that's what i wanted to talk about with tone which is like this isn't like it's so hard to explain how how this is uh also a work of art like I, um and and so there's parts where it's like kind of dark or like mm-hmm. it isn't trying to just be funny it's this whiplash where, like, for example, the women's skeletons is hilarious only because they pop onto screen and then the title comes up that just says "women skeletons,"
0: right? And he's powerless. Uh, he's powerless to resist them because he's a doctor who loves bones. Like it's right, you know exactly yeah.
1: And then they take her. they then they uh, introduce skeletal insurance defrauders. Yeah, and right. we learn <laughs> yeah. that they are at, making him. Uh, commit insurance fraud by taking him to the skull-faced insurance office yeah uh and then the on the title on screen again like a silent film says forced to wear a leotard yeah and it's like okay this is uh incredibly absurd but it's also very uncomfortable yes you know what like it's sort of like kids in the hall kept coming up in my mind because you think of like the sausages sketch on kids in the hall did you ever see that Mm, i don't think so Oh, OK. The Sausages sketch is like shot like a, a, a like a short film. And it's like a dystopian world where this guy is has to keep bringing sausages to his elderly, uh, I think, father. And it's like got that 1984 esque where he's like trying to break out from this situation. and He meets a woman he's interested in. And it, it, it's it's funny, but not ha-ha funny. You know, where you're just like, what the fuck am I watching? Um, it's definitely funny in places. But it's also, like, kind of uncomfortable. Like, when the father eats the sausages, it's really disgusting. Yes. There's
0: there's an aspect to this movie of of the discomfort level where it's not just the... I mean, and I've seen some other things that I don't necessarily want to call out by name. Where it is sort of... There is that absurdist tone, but there's also this real grotesque bent to it. Yeah. um, That's... Yeah.
1: What's interesting is it's not gross out. It's not shock humor no it's It's not it's not like using art to make you uncomfortable
0: (laughs) it's not like the greasy strangler
1: yeah yeah Um, yeah like this isn't yeah at at no point it's more of just like like there's a weird use of nudity in this um that's mm -hmm. not there's that like that i just didn't expect you know um there's like weird like sexual parts yes Um, yeah and it's not like mean-spirited it's just like oh i but but like that's interesting like that's a weird but they're a a weird choice they're
0: a little uncomfortable like it's yeah it's like like i said it's like a it's there's never there's not i said there's like a simmering sexual violence there's never any full-on sexual violence in this movie there's just like this weird uncomfortable tone around some depictions of nudity and sensuality in this movie right
1: and there's like a little bit of just yeah the the fucking mustache. Um, the mustache
0: is so weird. <laughs> oh my god! The
1: idea is a man gets murdered, um, and he uh, the mustache, uh, ghost of the mustache. Yeah, the, uh,
0: the, it's the mustache. Is, it, it's like the, his mustache was sentient and is trying to make his greed, grieving widow uh, happy. So it keeps just jumping to other people.
1: Right, and and the mustache is depicted or the father by Udo Kir. Sure Should, is. No, Udo Kier is in this. By the way, it's also like a sketch movie in that people play multiple roles including Udo Kier. Mm-hmm. So imagine Udo Kier as part of a comedy trope and that's what this is. It's yes. weird.
0: Yeah, it's. <laughs> uh <laughs> it's pretty and like strange. Her ch-
1: their child gets the mustache mm-hmm. and then she's like rubbing his lip and it's just like this is uncomfortable. Mm. Um but I loved the part where she the child puts on a record of the dad just saying yes or no. Right. That and, uh, and she talks to. <laughs> and in between the yes or no, he's just like coughing. <laughs> and it's just really fucking weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The
1: the and then there was the caption, Mother's flapjacks have never been so frightening. <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a weird through line with flapjacks like the the guys in the submarine are eating them because they're like there's air yeah. pockets in these flapjacks it's going to make our air last twice as long. <laughs> yeah. So they'll pull out flapjacks and start eating them when they need air. It's this movie is fucking strange.
1: Yeah, we haven't even talked about the actual book ending which is how to take a bath. Oh the yeah. The movie starts with an instructional video called how to take a bath and it was very smart to do because they start with Marv who definitely swings. Um he's like oh, yeah. this old old guy with his like his chest exposed in his bathrobe and like right away it's probably their most playful one because it's an instruction but then he's saying so, like the phrasing or he says today the japanese have bisexual bathing and then winks
0: it's, the, it's like what it's the most clearly like an adult swim short that you would say yeah
1: he says like you can bathe every other day or even every day how do i know this people have told me like (laughs) that's that's the the way and it's so it's like okay um good starting point right yeah you get me and then we go into the bathwater, and that's where the submarine is um Mm -hmm. and you really don't know at first what you're seeing because they're very melodramatic and they and then they call themselves the jelly boys and again that's why it really feels like i think you should leave where you're like are you being serious you know um it's hard to tell, but they, they do this thing where they're like, you know, they throw things away. There's the part where he's, they're talking about what merge, Mergle's cave.
0: Yeah. That's where, that's and where Margo's like, being held.
1: Right. And someone's just like, look, a model of the cave. He's just holding. This, this will help us plan. Our,
0: this will help us plan our, uh, yeah. Our,
1: yeah. our, our, our
0: rescue mission. And he just suddenly has this full scale model of the cave.
1: Right. <laughs> And so we have this like real like again, Monty Python, Kids in the Hall. Yeah. This is but then on top of it, we haven't really talked about the visuals. Um, because like we said, it looks like an old timey movie, mm-hmm. but then it's also like almost broken. Like the one I think of is the night crooner. So just to go through the plot, Oh my um,
0: god, I forgot about that one. The Derriere's. Yes. The Airs yes. song, holy I shit. <laughs>
1: It depicts <laughs> the movie perfectly, which is that. So how we get to this point is they go to rescue Margot, which seems to be doing just fine. Like the she's like running she's the like, Red Wolves, yeah. When they get yeah, there, yeah, yeah, it's just a meat market for her, yeah. Uh, and they do these trials, finger snapping. Um, yeah, they're all they're all piling. silly. It's
0: very Monty they're Python. They're all silly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's most inspired by Monty Python, and I say that because of the visuals. So like it goes into her dream and in her dream. She's doing a nightclub singing where she's like she's doing these weird convulsions and singing. And then the night crooner comes on and for people. Okay. So
0: has, I, I don't know how to describe the kind so of visual effect he is.
1: Have you seen a scanner darkly? Yes. Okay. And for people listening, you could Google the scanner darkly the suits that they wear. And the idea in Scanner Darkly it's one of my favorite visuals in a movie is that the characters wear these suits that protect their identity, and the way they do that is that every quadrant of the suit like constantly flips through like an identity, so it's like this staticky uh uh kaleidoscope uh, figure, almost. yeah, that's just constantly every part of them is constantly looks like something else um. And it's really cool. The crooner shows up and he's kind of like that. Only it's like old timey collages. Like what we're seeing, I think is like a morphing of different pictures, like old timey pictures. Mm -hmm. So he's just like this. It. I love the visual because it's like, it's like putting a visual to like a Lovecraftian like entity. You know what I mean? Where it's like Mm -hmm. intangible. Yeah. Um, and this Nightcrawler is he would be a horror movie character. Another another example is like in VHS where there's that creature that only comes up as static.
0: Yeah, you can't see him. It's the the Jason, basically the Jason Voorhees.
1: Yeah. It's this it's this intangible, terrifying figure. And he is, again, worthy of a horror movie. And you look at it and you're like, that's fucking beautiful. And it's also kind of collagey. So there's the Terry Gilliam of it all, right? Like this reminds me of Gilliam in the way to D- Gilliam used to do collages. This is almost like a collage of old movies. Yeah. It's, um, it's,
0: it's, it, it's not a super sophisticated effect. Like it's, no, it's, it, I wanna, it, it yeah. doesn't feel out of place with the movie presenting itself. Like, uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about this later, but it's kind of the idea is like, it's a collection of lost films, um, which yeah, is something kind of. the director talked about. Um, yeah
1: that, that makes sense
0: So it doesn't feel out of place It looks like something you could create Just by scratching onto the film directly
1: Yeah it really feels like an art piece mm-hmm. Like and something you'd see in college That doesn't mean it's bad No not just at all It just means it's like way more experimental it, yeah, it, Than like most films
0: It kind of reminds me of the Doug Hertzfeld short uh, Rejected Yes Rejected
1: is a good comparison for sure Yeah
0: certain visuals and Rejected If you, if you If you listeners have seen that If not it's on YouTube
1: yeah, I think we're making enough comparisons that like another one is like, you know, that glitch effect you'll see on like TikTok where like v- images glitch into each other and it's like this really like modern artistic style or like when you see a gif that's like this is what it's like on LSD, even though that it's usually a lie. But it's doing these weird glitch effects. Like it's it's all in that ballpark, which is like you're doing something visually that for the most part you never really see anybody do. And whenever I see it, I go, why doesn't more like horror movies use this? Why isn't it a regular thing? Um uh this is all to say the night crooner is that. And then he is singing a song about how much he loves asses.
0: He There's loves a
1: quote, I am plagued by bottoms. <laughs> um I think I couldn't tell if he was Udo Kier or not um because again the nature of this um I don't so it's
0: I don't think so. I thought it was him at first but then I looked yeah. I looked up in the credits and it didn't seem like he was listed as that character so maybe not.
1: But maybe Maybe not.
0: Anyway, he's a guy that loves asses so much, he keeps going and getting a lobotomy to cure yes, his ass and they love. Keep cutting
1: to, they keep cutting to pe- a doctor just cutting off more and more of his brain. Mm-hmm. And this really grotesque shot of a brain being dissected. Mm-hmm. And and then and then like a montage of asses like floating in the air yeah, uh, and him being like, I, lo- I just love them. So it's, it's this thing where I'm watching it. I'm like, I guess this is exactly for me because I liked it but it was like this is both funny and horrifying It's unsettling yeah and deeply unsettling yeah and you're making me feel like seven different emotions at once
0: like it and it escalates the point where the last time he goes to the the doctor the doctor has his arm up to his elbow in the guy's skull pulling pieces of his brain out like that's how extreme it gets and that Scene, but he's still singing this very funny song about how he just can't get enough dairy (laughs) airs.
1: Yeah, and so like I think that gives people that to me was like the entire movie, which is like this intense short circuiting of like what the what the fuck is happening, and that goes right into the hardest I laughed, and I I don't feel ashamed about it, which is like it's a shot of like an island and a guy's just jumps into the shot with tentacles coming out of his mouth and then hard cut to the squid title thief. squid theft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Shut, oh, fuck me. Yep. And then it just... And then it's him running. And then it cuts to punishable by death. <laughs> and it's this squid thief getting killed <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on this Island. Yep. And it's intercut with a volcano that they then like sacrifice things to. Yeah.
0: Like sweet um, tapioca
1: yeah and a and and fish and fish, a tire
0: attire yeah it's
1: there's so many of these where yeah i just have to shout like oracle bones hospital yes. great fucking name
0: mm-hmm. and as the guy as the doctors were it like it just keep the word bones will just flash on screen randomly yeah. <laughs> like he just he loves bones so much and that that also gets uncomfortable because it's this He's working on this woman who's in a motorcycle wreck And he starts, like, cracking her bones one by one And it's, like, really, it's weird uh, Yeah, she's,
1: like, into it Or yeah, he's into and it and they keep
0: flashing bones on screen And this is, a, obviously, uh, clearly, this is a guy who is eventually uh, seduced by skeleton women Because of his love for bones Right Um. It's just, it's, I, we, I, I guess all of this... Uh, explanation is to make it clear that yeah these sketches are really silly and and absurd but there's also like this undercurrent (laughs) throughout that's just like like a constant sound of flies buzzing like it's like just this yeah persistent feeling it's it's slightly
1: off everything's slightly
0: it's 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 weird yeah it's off-putting in a way
1: would you believe that critics loved this and audiences did not yes yeah. I have no this problem is, believing that. Right, and I feel like we're in a unique position where it's like I think we both appreciate absurdist humor. So it's like the humor got me in a weird way where I was like this is actually the kind of humor that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I'm also willing to entertain movies like this that are artsy in wild ways. Um so like uh, that's why yeah, I think we both are in a, a alignment where it's like this I liked what this was. It just wore me down. It's too long because I had to watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too long. Skinnamarink, which uh, you know we covered a, a few weeks back, mm-hmm. is a similar idea where it's like I really respect this and I like it, but um, at least my view on that was I was just like I don't I don't know if I need this much of it.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would. I wasn't on that episode, but I would agree that uh, the back half of that of Skinnamarink especially is, goes on for a little too long.
1: Yeah, where it's like I like what you're doing. It's just what you're doing um like without a narrative. Um well, or, uh, it's, it's going to a narrative. Right? Yeah. But you know what I mean like uh, this movie without a clear narrative. Mm-hmm. It's harder. It's a lot harder to um uh, yeah. keep, and keep yeah.
0: I'll say that's my attention on it. For sure. I think the constant feeling of something's off here uh helps a little bit. Um, yeah, I mentioned Cheddar Goblin. If, if you listeners haven't seen that, it's from a movie called Mandy with Nicolas Cage from a few years back. And they did. There's a commercial. He, that whole movie is surreal. Horror surreal, though. There's some stuff that's funny in it, but funny and just a like a cosmic brain shredding way that will just make you laugh because you're helpless to do anything else. And one one scene in that movie is Nicolas Cage stops and watches this commercial on television for this macaroni and cheese. It's called Cheddar Goblin. And it was made by the people that made that very famous adult swim uh, short, Too Many Cooks which yeah. was just totally absurd and it just kept escalating in its absurdity. And Cheddar Goblin is just this, this, this you know, commercial of kids eating macaroni and cheese with this little weird off-putting, ghoulie-like goblin mascot. And it becomes more and more grotesque as it goes on to the point where it's... Nobody's acting like anything is wrong. It's funny, but also it, it feels disquieting. It, it, that's this entire movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, that, and I think- I, that's, that thread helps it, I think, because... I just just real quick I do oh, yeah. I do like absurdist humor but it can grate on me because I think it's very easy to do it badly uh because it's like yes. oh I'm just gonna say the most random thing I can think of I'm like well no that's not really that's not funny like
1: right to- and I would argue this is done well yes same yeah. with same with I think you should leave which is another one where when you watch that long enough you go oh there is a structure here mm-hmm. like and that's that's part of it is like you still have to kind of know your structure and know what you're trying to do. You need, Uh, you
0: need room. You need a place to go. Like the escalation is important. Like I mentioned with too many cooks. Like, so yeah, there there's, there's definitely a a structure to it. It's not completely formless.
1: Right. Yeah. I noticed with, I think you should leave. And this is another subject, but that they tend to have a, a, they tend to do similar formats in their sketches where you start with an odd duck. You start with someone who is, not of this world, right? Right. Who is acting in a weird way. And then you say, okay, what either we're gonna escalate that person, people's reaction, or the reveal will be the rest of the world is also calibrated to that person. Um I think of like the the the, the gimme that burger guy mm-hmm. versus versus let me eat the receipt guy. <laughs> or eat the receipt guy, the reveal is like the entire world is lost their mind except for Jacob whose birthday it is. You know what I mean where <laughs> yeah. they all get into it. Yeah, yeah. So like I've noticed that's a, like a common thread they'll go back to, but it still like makes it really fun uh either one they do. Um so the point being that like yeah, everything tends to have structure. This technically has structure, um but its structure is more of a sketch show and since it's so modular, it's like yeah, you could stand to like get get it cut it down a bit yeah,
0: right trim some of it out I do or uh, I don't know I don't want to because I do but also I, I do really love the visuals and I like the idea of um, trying to like from from what I read I read the same sort of uh, 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 information that, uh, about the, the film and his directors i had also read the thing about how he felt it was too long and cut like 10 or 12 minutes out of it Right. In that same interview, he said kind of the genesis of this movie was taking titles of of actual lost films and making what he thought that title would be.
1: Ah, That's such a good idea.
0: Right. Yeah. And I love that idea. And the visuals of this movie and the way it's presented is so cool. There's like even there's even like burn in effects like the film is tearing. Yeah. Um, So it looks like you're like that. And that's another thing that adds to the disquieting thread that sort of is the most right. unifying thing here is that you feel like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching.
1: Yeah. That was something I wanted to talk about okay. but uh, with the disquieting th- stuff, just to finish that is like, what we're realizing is like humor and sur- abstract humor can be a big part of making people feel uneasy. Like you're saying the cheddar goblin mm-hmm. where it's like, I think that's right after in Mandy. I won't spoil it. Something tragic happens. And he is broken and he walks in and you see that on the TV and it's a perfect example of like, is this fucking even real? You know what I mean? Right. It's not, it's, um,
0: and it's not even the tragedy of it. It's, it's something tragic and insane happens. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it is so beyond reality. What happens to him in the scene? Before right. That.
1: And I do think every generation has this. We've been referencing Monty Python. So obviously this is a, this is a long running thing. But what movies like, you know, Skinnamarink and Mandy even, and this, which is 2015, which I feel like is even before its time, is leading me to realize is that we are are getting to a point where, like, we're hitting our abstract stride in this generation, and we're also seeing, like, the effects of Adult Swim, where, like, you know, the movie that's sweeping right now at the Critics' Awards and nominations is everything everywhere all at once a movie that I would argue is, is so much more fast paced than anything uh, that was ever nominated before uh, for an Oscar. And so much weirder that it has like a a Kung Fu fight where people have dildos up their asses, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's that realization of like, you can say profound things or, or create like an artistic vision and still be like silly as shit. Uh, and I think there there's always some element of that. I would argue, you know, those old Money Python, Terry Gilliam specifically, his work and stuff like that is like, yeah, there's always been this absurd humor mixed with art styles like this. It's just that, like, I've been noticing a lot of modern versions that I don't really think I saw in, like, the 2000s and mm-hmm. 2010s yeah, um, although like this is technically the two thousand and ten. two thousand and fifteen, you
0: know, yeah. and i'm I don't remember yeah. when the greasy strangler came out, but like right that that's an example of of taking it to, I would argue, you know, like the making it into a horror movie, basically,
1: right. yeah, where it's just, you feel like you're losing your mind mm-hmm.
0: watching, it. yeah. it's and it's um, so like a it's like the feeling of somebody saying a funny joke and then the the whole room laughing. And then they all keep laughing and they keep laughing harder and their faces get weirder as they're straining to keep laughing. It's like, yeah, Yeah. that's sort of like, Jesus Christ, what's going
1: on? Yeah, exactly. And this movie has that, but it's way less abrasive. Yeah. Uh, I I, I just need to note that.
0: I don't feel like this movie ever quite... It's like horror adjacent, but it never goes into horrific, grotesque territory like the Greasy Strangler does.
1: Like, if you like Tim and Eric, but think Tim and Eric's a little too gross, this would be good for you. Yeah. Um, If you like Kids in the Hall, if you like, I think you should leave, just know that it has like a disturbing edge to it that isn't like explicitly showing anything. You just generally feel fucking gross. You're
0: feeling uncomfortable (laughs) a lot of the time, Yeah. yeah
1: uh and so yeah i wanted to talk about the world itself because something occurred to me watching this um is how smart that premise that we're talking about is looking like old movies because this movie couldn't have cost that much like it's probably all going to udo Kier, Uh <laughs> because the way the, the 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 way they created this world was very smart in that i don't know do you agree with me with this i completely believed the world And what I mean by that is I never felt uh, like taken out of it because it's all done in the old timey. So rear projection, for example, Mm -hmm. basic sets like theater sets, like like community theater sets. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah,
0: And a lot of rear projection just for people walking from one place to another.
1: Yeah. And so but one of the things I noticed that was really sophisticated was the sound design. Um, everything is making a noise. You feel, you can hear the world in great detail. Um, and the other thing about it that's really intentful is the lighting is gorgeous. Like, because mm-hmm. they, they tint it all. It's all through a filter, but everything has to match through that filter. You know what I mean? And so there's yes. there's rich, rich lighting choices where it's like, it's very clear that this was made by a, an artist. Someone who's not... Like that's what we're saying. Whereas, like randomness, abstractness, it's really easy to use that as a crutch. As it is, this style, you could hide your budget with this style, and you could also hide a lot of uh, less skillful choices. But it feels like he's actually embracing it and showing off some really impressive cinematography
0: mm-hmm. and editing. And editing
1: through this, the editing,
0: yeah. the editing in this movie uh, is incredible
1: yeah this movie was hard it mm-hmm. looks hard to make um despite the fact that it's very it's made in a very cheap style um where even the acting again is like melodramatic so no one has to even but the but it's on purpose so yeah. there's this like preciseness to that where there's like a meta element where it's like you need to act this way that's but it needs to make people feel this way
0: those are half the punchlines in the film is yeah. is a line being read in a in in a way that in in a weird way but a, a way that's specifically weird.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 this layer and like there's a discomfort that the weird doctor who has the the guy in the cage who he then sleeps with the woman and that's one where it's like he's so weirdly creepy uh and she's so into him and that dynamic is really like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um but he's also like kind of funny and it's this weird balance that everybody is kind of doing a great job. Yeah. Uh yeah, so like it is a fascinating film, you know? Like I think if people are just into filmmaking, there's something to take away from that in this movie.
0: Yeah, no, I would uh, definitely watch that might be the best case scenario is if you're just somebody who's really into the craft of filmmaking, <laughs> you're probably yeah. going to get the most out of this movie. I think,
1: I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I, I, I think it's a overall, I'm like, I think this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot.
0: It's, it's too much. It's too much birthday. Like it's, yeah. Uh, it, it's,
1: <sighs> I noted it. Lug lug is where I was like, I'm starting to fade and i nothing against lug lug, lug, but lug, that's lug is
0: nuts too <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had started to fade around lug lug's kind of what brought me back into it oh okay I had started to fade although i liked the uh the 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 birthday penthouse like the one where the guy's apartment <laughs> is an elevator and then he gets to the who's birthday that? penthouse
1: who's that actor i knew that, that
0: actor. actor oh shoot he's in he's actually a, a famous actor um he I, is. I looked him up and i have forgotten who he was but he's in a lot of things
1: yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Where um, he, like, but... is like covering up the bodies, and it's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. But And then the
1: witnesses, and he just puts drapes of fucking cloth over them.
0: They also appear out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, just they sure Suddenly,
0: do. witnesses in the room. Yeah. Like, he shoots Udo Kier, the butler, in an empty room, and then suddenly there's more and more witnesses keep appearing. He's yeah. like, oh, I've got to get rid of the witness. And it gets to the point where he's just throwing sheets over them <laughs> to get
1: rid yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's real dumb and then yeah the birthday penthouse is <laughs> yeah like, and then it's like the, the game
0: yeah <laughs> it's like oh yeah. they the game dim
1: yeah but also Udo udokir is like isn't he the father with the mustache yes um that yeah, yeah. so it's it's real dream logic where uh. it's yeah it all kind of morphs together where it's like what, what was he even killed then <laughs> like what does that mean oh i don't know um yeah and i think that's all like someone's writing it no that's later there's also the talking bananas, which I, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh,
0: uh the, that damn. The, okay. I looked him up. The actor is Mateo Almerich. I'm probably butchering his name, but he's in the Diving yeah. Bell and the Butterfly, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Munich. Diving Bell and the yeah. Butterfly was his big one.
1: Yeah. It makes sense why this had good actors. Cause I, I think this director, I didn't look him up too much, but he seems to be like, you know, making fucking art. Mm-hmm. art movies uh he seems to have a credibility that he could make a movie like this you know
0: it's f- uh, it's yeah. funny to watch people like udo kier and charlotte rampling in a movie like this
1: yeah for it's sure. it's like
0: yeah, imagining them reading it
1: <laughs> and being like, right okay and <laughs> that's why i'm like this director probably made some shit right. that they respected <laughs> he before
0: fu- he must have had a dazzling reel
1: <laughs> yeah or it was <laughs> movie 43 this is basically artsy movie and, uh, 43 I,
0: yep I had written that yeah. down to say that to you, and then I forgot. But yeah, yeah. it's it very much his movie. It's like Kentucky Fried movie made by the, the artsiest art student, basically. Yeah,
1: And so it's like, I don't know, maybe he blackmailed them all.
0: <laughs> <What> <laughs> if I know? Like, movie 43.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think at this point, if you're listening to this, you kind of know if this movie is for you yeah. based on what we're saying. Um, it was for me, but yeah, I do it. This is every now and then I have this where like, and uh, you know, uh, I just want to say again, thank you, Steven, because I never would have seen this movie. Oh, I I never would have even
0: heard of this movie.
1: Right. But there are times where I'm like, I wish I wasn't required to watch this because I think I would have enjoyed it if I could just watch it in pieces casually. You know what I mean? Um, Which isn't to say, again... I wouldn't have seen it at all if it weren't for Steven. So mm-hmm. um, I better seeing it than never seeing it. But it's one of those where I'm like, the only big hit I had against it was that it was like, yeah, I wish I was watching this like with my friends while high like that. And then I wish I could have just passed out while watching it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of movie. It's a, yeah. it's a movie that you casually watch. You put on at a party. Um,
0: it's uh, It's a real big vibes movie, you know?
1: Yeah. It's worth definitely sitting down and watching if yeah, you're for into sure. this for sure. stuff, but it's definitely also a movie that's like, you can kind of have fun watching, um, and like freak people out and like, you know, uh, just enjoy it for what it is. Um, you don't have to think about it too hard either.
0: No, it doesn't but, seem like there's any, you know, it, like it, it, it deals with a couple of themes, but they're all pretty, pretty apparent.
1: Yeah, I think it's like an it's abstract. It's like an abstract painting where it's like Mm -hmm. we're trying to make you feel stuff. Yeah, but like the artist isn't trying to say something really specific. um, No, it doesn't feel
0: like it. It it feels like he's riffing a little bit on the uh, on uh, storytelling and maybe the the absurdity of it. Um, Yeah, uh, especially with like the book of climaxes at the end when it's just all these different off the wall uh, finales. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's more vibes. It's more like Yeah, It's it's
1: not even that pretentious, you know, (laughs) like it feels like it's kind of taking the piss out of artsy films in its own way. Like I
0: said, one of the climaxes is two blimps crashing into each other. Yeah, exactly. And then two guys falling off a cliff and having a gunfight as they're falling off a cliff.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it it seems like it's the right time for shit like this. Yeah. But I, I, I keep going back to everything everywhere all at once because what I'm also realizing is that you can take this style And actually tell a compelling story with it, too. Like, there's parts, you know, like, they use the device of the multiverse to basically do abstract film, right? With Mm -hmm. that movie. Yeah. And so, like, that's what's interesting about this is, like, I look at this and go, this is great as it is. But, like, why aren't more movies utilizing these sort of abstract styles in a narrative? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think it's possible.
0: Uh, that's that's a, a big thought i kept having uh, as i was watching yeah. this movie It's was like man i wonder if this filmmaker ever made a straight well as you know a more straightforward narrative in this style because i bet that would be really something to see
1: yeah i think so too yeah well i have no other thoughts on this
0: no me either i don't want to i don't want to repeat ourselves so
1: yeah that's it well I, that's all you get yeah. thank you Stephen, once again yeah thank you uh, Stephen. He did this through our uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. We have custom we just watched episodes. Uh, we have exclusive podcasts on there for just $5 a month. You get access to Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's Maniac, Star Trek, The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Boys. And uh, yeah, check it out. We watch yeah. movies with our patrons every Friday night as well.
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll throw this one on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you can say. Yeah. We also have a store. Head over to gameflintemployed.com where you'll find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of stuff. Yep. So slap your forbidden peepers on that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's the forbidden yeah. room full of all of our merch.
1: All of our forbidden merch. Our rooms. forbidden merch. Mm. Udo Kears in cursed. there somewhere. Oh, yeah. He'll haunt you mm-hmm. if you buy a shirt. You guaranteed haunted by Udo Kier.
0: Mm, he packs them all. Yeah. Puts a little <laughs> sticker of himself in each one.
1: Aw. We should make a little U- we should make a
0: little Udo Kier sticker.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> done. Consider it done. Yes. <laughs>